promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Lord, open now our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. From Psalm 50. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, you are God. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices or for your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your household or male goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and everything in it is mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice a thank offering to God and pay your vows to the Most High. Call on me in a day of trouble. I will rescue you and you will honor me. But God says to the wicked, What right do you have to recite my statutes and to take my covenant on your lips? You hate instruction and fling my words behind you. When you see a thief, you make friends with him and you associate with adulterers. You unleash your mouth for evil and harness your tongue for deceit. You sit maligning your brother, slandering your mother's son. You have done these things and I kept silent. You thought I was just like you, but I will rebuke you and lay out the case before you. Understand this, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart and there will be no one to rescue you. Whoever sacrifices a thank offering honors me and whoever orders his conduct, I will show him the salvation of God. Amen. Our reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live, when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things, like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, a section like this in the scriptures is always a difficult one because people take it personally. (laughs) 
Uh, women take it personally because it talks about wives submitting to their husbands. Husbands uh, take it personally because uh, it, it says something of them having to actually understand their wives, which uh, uh, women in and of themselves are one of the greatest mysteries that God has ever created for most of us men. Uh, we have no idea. I'm sorry, honey, if you're listening to this, you know it's true. <laughs> um, but it's actually a, a, a beautiful carry-on of what he's talking about at the end of chapter 2, where he's talking about employees and employers, slaves and masters, uh, submitting out of reverence for Christ, uh, uh, being one found in humility, uh, in humbleness, in meekness, uh, being willing to suffer injustice, for instance, uh, in order to testify to the work of what God has done in Christ, who suffered injustice uh, on our behalf. And here it, it begins with wives submitting themselves to their own husbands so that even if some disobey the word, uh, and, and it, it makes you wonder if they, if they mean uh, the husbands or the wives, I'm assuming he means the husbands, even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live when they observe your pure, reverent lives or conduct, uh, the way you conduct yourself. And it's interesting that he has to say this in part because normally when we read these letters and a, a command or a, a suggestion like this comes across the, the, the page, often we need to begin by assuming that something was happening that shouldn't have been happening. We often make the assumption that women back in first century Greece were these subservient, quiet, uh, never caused any issues type of people, right? And the reality is, is that probably is not the case. M my guess is, is that just like marriages today have their struggles, just like marriages today have problems and, and husbands and wives fight and argue, it was the same back then. What was worse was that you would have mixed marriages, just like you can have today, where you have one spouse being a believer, a person of faith, and the other not. And what it does, in part, is it tells us that uh, we have to take what it is that Christ has done for us and live it out. It's, it's not enough to just preach, apparently. Uh, which is hard for us as preachers. Uh, but realizing, for instance, that the preaching of the Word of God comes in many different forms, both in the forms of, of, um, of living out our life in, in whatever way we can in order to be submitting ourselves to God, uh, doing good things, caring for people, loving one another, being merciful, uh, all those things. Uh, but then also it, it becomes this purposeful thing of taking what it is Christ has done and embodying it in all of our personal relationships. So uh, when I am with my wife, just as it talks about in Ephesians 5, I am to love my wife as Christ loved the church. And how did he love the church? He died for her. And so there is this call upon my life that if I am to love my wife properly, that means that I die to myself, that I am no longer alive, but it is Christ who lives in me. 
And here is this picture painted for the wives of a similar fashion to submit. Uh, and, and this was not a cowering in a corner. We've talked about this a billion times. It's not a cowering in a corner. It's, it's a purposeful, uh, voluntary, I am going to be the, the person in, in humble service to the other. I'm going to serve the other. And, and maybe this was a problem of the freedom coming in Christ was causing women to uh, be troublemakers, let's say. I don't know. I think women are just as prone to being troublemakers as men are because we're all sinners. Uh, we all uh, cause trouble in our own in our own ways. But here there was something happening to be able to say, okay, even though you are a believer and your husband is not, submit to them. Don't walk away from them. Don't uh, badger them. But live out your life as one bought by Christ. As one who has been shown mercy when you deserve none. As one who has been given grace in Christ when you uh, should not have received grace. And, and to do it in such a way so that uh, even though the husbands don't listen to what you have to say, they realize that what you are saying is true by seeing it lived out in your life of loving and showing mercy. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart. That's actually a, a beautiful phrase uh, for us in the church. It's often been taken way too far to where you'll have rather fundamentalist churches that will say women should not be wearing uh, makeup uh, you know, or whatever. And I don't know if that's necessarily what, what he's getting at here, but I think what he is wanting to do is tell people in the church, whether they be rich or poor, don't flaunt it. You who are rich, you who are wealthy, you who have many things, you're nothing when it comes to Christ. Your, your wealth means nothing. Your prestige, your position means nothing, for you are all bought by the blood of Jesus. And so you are not supposed to be going around flaunting how great your life is, especially in front of others whose lives are not that great. Where, where you'd have churches full of both rich and poor. And uh, the poor should not know who the rich are and the rich not know who the poor are to some extent. And to say that this is something that is just for women, I don't think is true. Because I think it goes for men too. Although men are less prone to uh, adorn themselves, it's, it's enough to get us to shave in the morning. <laughs> but, but, but here to be able to say that... Um, we should have our beauty be our soul, our inward person. This is not just for women, this is for men too. To not be obsessed with how we look on the outside, but to desire for Christ to do a work on the inside, to, to form our hearts for him. He, he adds to it the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. A gentle and quiet spirit. To think that gentleness and quietness are the hallmarks of a Christian person, specifically a Christian woman, but I, I think this can apply to both sexes. Gentleness and quietness. 
being gentle with one another, especially ourselves. And, and he, he adds to it that this is what is of worth in God's sight. It goes along with our psalm that we read, right? Where it's, it's not about offering these sacrifices to God as much as it's the thank offering. It's the thankfulness behind the sacrifice because God already owns it all. It's the turning of our hearts to him. And then there's this confusing section of two verses from the past. The holy women who put their hope in God also adorn themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Uh, it's, it's a weird context there because you go back and you read in Genesis and you wonder where Sarah called Abraham Lord and submitted to him. <laughs> oftentimes she was the one running things behind the scenes but uh, to to put their hope in God that's why we don't need to worry about adorning ourselves or making ourselves look awesome but then also I love that last phrase do not fear any intimidation being willing to be the one in the lower seat to be to be the one who has been humbled who's been humiliated that uh, that we might be lifted up by Christ. That, that is the goal. That's, that's the focus of the Christian life, right? To be humbled, to be brought low, that we might be exalted by him. And not to fear that, that uh, we might be intimidated by our spouse, specifically women, by their husbands, but by any relationships that we have, being willing to be in a submissive role to voluntarily serve one another in humility and gentleness and respect. It goes on to talk about the husbands in the same way. Live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. This one is kind of awkward because it makes it out to sound like women are the weaker vessel is how the, the Greek can be translated. And, and I would have to spend more hours and more time and in looking into this, digging into this, but it's, it's, I like that phrase in the same way. What it says to husbands is that, yes, I'm talking to wives, but I'm also talking to you husbands. You need to do the same thing. Submit to one another. Live with your wives in an understanding way. Uh, and, and I do wonder if this is speaking to husbands who are living in a mixed marriage in which one, the husband is a believer and the wife is not, to be understanding in the fact that uh, she is a sinner, just as I am a sinner, that she is a weaker vessel only to the extent that her, her sins need to be forgiven. She needs to be uplifted by Christ, right? Showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life realizing that that we are on a level playing field that men are not much not better than women and vice versa that it is all by the grace of god so that your prayers will not be hindered where our prayers are hindered when we are, are are not living out our own prayer life of begging god for mercy and asking him for a heart that's gentle and and meek and to humble us uh, there there is this necessity for us to to see that and live that out in our closest personal relationships and here it's it's between husband and wife i wonder what that would look like for you church to take this on as this call upon your life of, of submission to one another out in reverence for Christ. 
to, to, to allow yourself to be trampled maybe, which can be hard for those who are in rather violent relationships. That becomes a place for the church to come and rescue, out of, rescue you out of that. But it also becomes a place in which judgment will come upon that one, that sinner who is abusive, who is violent, because they are doing it for their own sake to make themselves feel better rather than uh, doing it uh, because it's, it's something that's supposed to be done as though violence is, is condoned or something like that, realizing that their judgment is going to hit them even harder than any other judgment could come upon them because they are definitely not loving one another by being in an abusive relationship with you. I'd recommend getting out of that. But those of us who are in, you know, milk toast relationships and, and good relationships, submission, gentleness, meekness, hallmarks of the Christian life. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who is always more ready to hear than we to pray, and is want to give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, again, if you can, go and share this with uh, whoever you may meet. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing more and more people are listening to these podcasts. Continue to do that. Continue to share it. Continue to bring it out uh, into the wider world. We want to share the grace and love and mercy of God that we might be, uh, be able to touch the hearts and minds of those around us. But until next week, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.